hey Freedomist, I'm coming to you from a warm and snugly living room in my house in Portugal where the rain has just started setting in. I guess winter might be on its way after all this brilliant sunshine. And it gets me to thinking about mindset because on days like this, when I'm reading really interesting articles about the state of the world and culture and society and fears and struggles, how important the right mindset is to everything that you do in life. And that's what this episode is all about. Welcome to the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson from New Zealand, and I'm here to show you how to create freedom in business and adventure in life. Whether you simply want a profitable business you can run from your own home and take the rest of the time off enjoying doing what you love, or if you want to travel the world and be a digital nomad, this podcast is for you. So let's go for it. So mindset is everything, am I right? I mean, it's one thing to know your mindset needs work, and it's another to put in the work to look at things in a different way. Inner demons, disempowering stories, a lack of perspective, these can all be part of the default human condition if we let them. But we don't have to let our beliefs hold us back. In fact, we can shift our beliefs at any time we choose. And in today's podcast episode interview with Danny Flood, he shares his journey of shifting his mindset and taking control of his life and business, not to mention a few awesome travel hacks. Specifically, we talk about how to flip the script on your internal dialogue and mindset, why perspective is everything and what you can do to change yours, how to set specific and purposeful goals, what to do if you're doubting your path, and what mind storming is and how to do it. Yep, you heard me right, mind storming. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Before we dive in though, I'd love to say a huge thanks and shout out to HostGator who have been with me for the entire year, making it super easy to plan out my editorial content calendar and know exactly which sponsor I wanna talk about every episode. I really hope that you guys have supported HostGator, that if you are needing to host your website or blog on a super reliable platform with amazingly incredible, reasonable starting out prices of which you can get 50% off thanks to HostGator, then you should definitely be considering them. So go to hostgator.com forward slash suitcase and you'll instantly get 50% off any of the hosting plans that they have and they have them from starting out teeny tiny through to if you're a really really big ass business and you have a ton of different domains websites and platforms that you need to have super reliable hosting on and great customer support so thanks again hostgator hostgator.com forward slash suitcase for 50 percent off all right let's dive in Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about creating freedom in business and adventure in life. And today is no exception. I have the one and only Danny Flood to be talking to me about how you can buy your own island. Well, actually, not that, more his journey, but we are going to cross over into all sorts of awesome things. And this month on the podcast, as you know, it's all about how you go about creating your freedom plan. And I'm interviewing people who are doing that right now, sharing their stories. So welcome, Danny. It's so good to have you here. Natalie, I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's always a pleasure. You're so welcome. It's exactly 11.11 when we start this podcast, which is, I just love numbers and also they're angel numbers for people who are into that, which I never used to know, but that means everything's aligning really well. So hopefully this is going to be a lot of fun. And first off, I'd just love for you to tell people a little bit about who you are. If they haven't heard of you before, what do you, what do, you do? What are you currently doing? And where are you tuning in from live today? 
Yeah, sure. So I'm calling from Thailand. It's 5.11 here. So unfortunately, if, if it was 7.11, that would be uh, <laughs> quite interesting because there's there are 7.11s everywhere in Thailand. I'm sure yeah. you've seen them. Yes, there are. Every, Absolutely. Every city block here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just returned from five, six days in Hua Hin, which is like a beachside resort town. Uh, had a really good time out there. I just wake up in the morning, do like a podcast interview like this one, do a few hours of work and then chill at the beach for an afternoon, perhaps go to a vineyard, drink wine, um, you know, just, just really enjoying life. I feel so blessed. I, I never felt so wealthy in my life as I do now because I just, you know, and, and to me, I think wealth really doesn't even come down to how much money you have in the bank. It's just really about how many blessings do you have in your life. And I'm just thinking about it the other day, I, I've never felt so wealthy in my life. And yeah, it's it's really great, Natalie. It's really cool. Um, I've been on this journey since 2009. You know, starting out as an entrepreneur, starting on the digital nomad lifestyle. At first, I was just kind of doing graphic design, freelance graphic design, kind of traveling around in my car. And uh, I realized, you know, I could make this dream work. You know, I could do this kind of work from anywhere. Um, but it was a lot of stumbling around. You know, I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. Uh, not so easy at first. I didn't know how to get clients or how to do much of anything. But, but I've just been throwing stuff against the wall and. Uh, keeping what's worked. <laughs> the spaghetti trick? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I started out fresh out of college when I was 23, and I just looked at uh, the way they had groomed us, you know, for a life. And uh, I had an advertising degree, and our instructors really kind of groomed us for a life in uh, Madison Avenue advertising agencies. And I just looked at that lifestyle, and it wasn't for me. You know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. My father was an entrepreneur, and I was determined to make it work however I could. And uh, I guess I had a lot of overconfidence and uh, not a lot of experience when I started out because um, I was living on a couch for a while, you know, my cousin's condo and um, yeah, not really making a lot of money at first. And, and, and then I kind of joined some of these groups, you know, these networking groups, business referral groups, and I got some business that way, but I was, I was running a business that wasn't really efficient. Um, I wasn't really differentiated, I guess, enough, you know, based on all of the other marketing consultants out there. <laughs> mm. And, um, and yeah, so I had to really kind of do things the wrong way for quite a few years until I, I learned how to do it the right way. And I, I took everything I learned and put it in this book. Um, and I, I make this distinction where you can run a, a half business, which is uh, hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating, or an elf business, which is one that liberates you. It's easy, lucrative, and fun. That's elf. And it's kind of a lot of the things that you kind of cover in your uh, freedom plan. And um, I really wrote uh, wrote a lot about that in my book, Buy Your Own Island. Which is a great uh, title, by the way. So <laughs> we'll come to that soon. But. Yeah. So I had this, this idea. I kind of just wanted to condense everything I knew. And I had this working title, which I called it Lifestyle Design Bible, and which was a terrible title. <laughs> um, it is pretty bad. I'm so glad you didn't choose that. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to pick something and I just focused on this one story where these guys actually bought their own island and it happened in like two weeks and it was this guy's lifelong dream and this guy Tynan and he said it was the ultimate symbol of independence and freedom. They could set up their own country and see what they could build on that island. And I thought, you know, well, you know, Richard Branson, he also has his own island. So I really like this metaphor of the island because it's just, for me, it's not even about buying an island. It's just about having this big lifelong dream goal, uh, and, and finding a plan to make, making it practical and achievable and making it made to happen in a matter of a few weeks. I love that. And so how did you go about like making that happen then? Cause there's a big difference between 
dreaming about things and wanting to do it and then actually making it happen. And in your book, you do talk quite a lot about rejections and failures and mistakes and all those things. How do you think that they have gone about building you into the person you are today? Yeah, sure. So that's a great question. Um, There's actually two of... questions. I appreciate that, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so the first part of the book is really kind of, I focus a lot on mindset and um, I'm really big on personal improvement. And like you, you've always say, uh, you know, dedicated action every day. Uh, but if you don't know, if you don't have a direction or an intention where you're going, then you're not really going to get anywhere. Uh, so, so for me, um, I was really inspired by Tim Ferriss and some of these exercises like dream mining. Uh, dream mining was an example of, you know, one thing that I would read and just kind of put away and never act on. So what I did was I gathered some of my friends together and, and I knew this about my own nature. You know, I knew I wasn't actually going to do it. So I decided to get some of my friends together and say, all right, let's, let's do this together, guys. We're going to support us, each other and uh, keep ourselves accountable. And so we did this exercise and I was trying to write down my goals. And it was really difficult for me at first because I realized I didn't have any life. You know, <laughs> uh, all my goals were just kind of related to work and, you know, like trying to hit a higher number or try to add staff. And, and these goals weren't enough to excite me. Mm. And so that was really the beginning was when we were sitting in this coffee shop and, uh, and that forced me to kind of do something I was really uncomfortable with doing. And um, after that, you know, from that, that group that we put together, we created a mastermind group and we'd meet once a month. And every month we'd try to help each other with one of our goals. And, and that was really important. I did that for about three years and that made a big difference in my life. Do you want to talk through that a little bit more? Um, yeah, sure. So uh, the dream mining exercise, basically, um, it forces you to, one, define what it is you really want. And, and not just normal goals, like stuff that really, like you feel an emotional welling up inside of you whenever you think about this goal. Um, you know, and it's something that's just so uncommon and so unconventional that you're like, I don't think I could ever do that, but it's the possibility really excites me and thrills me. And that's really what really gets me going in the morning to really power through my day and, and kind of just blow through, uh, challenges and obstacles. So these dream goals are just, you know, the things that would really change everything and whatever you dream about being, having, or doing. And then you try to set up a, uh, a requirement to it, whether it's the income you need, whether it's cost, and then you focus on um, the steps you need to take today, the next day, and the day after that. And what I really like to do in these, in these mastermind groups is we'll set accountability partners so that every week, you know, we have to report on what our goals were and say what we did do, what we didn't do. And I find that accountability is really important because so many of us have dreams, but we're just so used to just putting them off and putting them on the shelf to die. And so I find that accountability and sharing and that support really helps. And I'm sure, I'm sure you can relate to all this too, Natalie. Absolutely. <laughs> so the first part of the book is, you know, like mindset. And, and I find that like personally, I had all these inner demons I had to work through. I had all of these, you know, secret excuses, alibis, uh, disempowering stories. I, I think, felt like I was locked in a scarcity mindset for many years. And so that was really something that I had to kind of do some surgery on myself to get through all of that. Do you know why you think you were locked in that kind of mindset? I mean, I think you're not alone, right? But what do you think it was that had led you to that point? Um, I'm not really sure. I think it was kind of my conditioning and my upbringing. When I was a young adult, I didn't have any mentors. Um, 
I just felt like there weren't a lot of opportunities. When I kind of came out into the working world, there was this whole recession going on. You, you may have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. And, and yeah, and I just felt like, you know, people were just kind of putting me in my place. You know, like I would try to apply for these jobs that I wasn't even excited about in the first place, <laughs> but I wasn't even good enough for that stuff, you know? So it was kind of like an assessment of my self-worth. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I knew that I was worth so much more than the world was telling me, uh, but it, it just kind of was like, I was just kind of like being put in this meat grinder where it's like, no, Danny, you can, if you're lucky, you can get this internship where you can work for free for six months and, you know, maybe you'll, you'll get a job offer at the end of that, uh, which, which is really was not what I was looking for. It didn't really excite me at all. And, you know, I kind of just, I think there's a saying that Robert Greene says that uh, he says, you disdain the things you cannot have. Ignoring them is the best uh, revenge. I think <laughs> so that's kind of what I did I was like all right well screw all this I'm not going to go after that nine to five I'm just going to try to strike out on my own and um yeah it was it was really tough and I just kind of had to to chip away at this scarcity mindset and I found that traveling really helped me a lot um I watched this video by Marie Forleo about money mindsets mm-hmm. and um I kind of trained myself to say uh there's plenty more where that came from every time I spent money. And then after a while, I started to believe that. And, um, you know, I just kind of practiced that. And I just, if I had an idea, um, I wouldn't sit on it. You know, I would mail my list or I would, I would post on some Facebook group and say, I have this really cool idea. Uh, you know, this is how I can help you. And if people respond to that, suddenly I have a client or I have a prospective client. And so it was really just about taking those ideas I had and implementing them as quickly as possible and a lot of these ideas, you know, like I might be in the shower or something and say, oh, that's a really cool idea. You know, maybe I should try that. And, and a lot of them would work really well. So, like, for example, um, the most popular blog post I ever wrote about, it was Top 30 Adventurers Under 30 on openworldmag.com. That's my blog. And I was just basically swimming in the pool one day. And I thought, well, hmm, it's six months till I turn 30. Uh, <laughs> and, and I just thought, well, how cool would it be to, to be, like, nominated for one? one of these lists, you know, like the top 30 travelers under 30 or top 30 adventurers under 30. And I thought, well, if I thought that was really cool. There must be other people out there who think it's really cool too. So I just went on some of these groups, you know, on Facebook, Reddit, and uh, just kind of posted my idea out there and people really responded well to it. Uh, and then I had this great idea for this blog post and it was the most popular post I ever wrote. I think we got 20,000 views within a week, got like 200 social shares, um, and I think, you know, going back to the mindset thing, I think abundance is really about uh, you just have some cool idea and you just implement it. You know, you don't sit on it or hold it in, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So actually do talk us forward or through what you're doing right now, just so people do know. So you have this blog, you also have a podcast, but how, like, what's your business model right now and how did you get to that point to set it up like that? Yeah, sure. So going back to the mindset thing, it's it's really kind of like thinking about the long term, you know, and I'm not really focused so much on cash at hand or, you know, making decisions based on trying to make money in the short term, I guess. Um, my blog and my podcast and the magazine, everything I'm doing is really just trying to build a platform and uh, build a loyal following, a loyal herd, uh, true fans, a thousand true fans. And so I just kind of put the content out there so I can establish this platform because a lot of the people that I've interviewed, like uh, Sean D'Souza, James Shramko, yourself, uh, you spent a lot of time publishing you know, helpful content, giving value, 
And that's really what makes you indispensable to the market so that you can really set your own price. Uh, but the thing is that there's no real way to hack it. You know, you have to be showing up. You have to be giving value. And so that's kind of really my long-term goal with this brand. Um, I'm not really concerned with how much money it's making now, but I do have other services that I offer. I, I just fall back on professional services uh, to pay the bills and, and to make money. Um, <clears throat> so I have a productized service. I do like PR service. Uh, the, the productized service was something I set up about two or three months ago. And my goal was really just to create another lifestyle business. Uh, I wanted to set something up where I could just have a cool 4000 a month uh, income uh, revenue stream, working 10 hours a week, maybe two hours a day of management. And after about two or three months, I'm about halfway there. So it's coming along nicely. That's awesome. And that your main goal, I guess your end outcome for that would be less of the service-based, um, you know, trading time for money and more of the products actually taking over and being able to scale, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to, because I, I feel like I have a lot of different interests and I think for me, the enemy is boredom. <laughs> so I, I found with my first business, um, I only had one income stream. It was all I was doing and I was just working with clients and um, I just felt like I wasn't making enough an impact. I didn't have enough of a purpose. And then, so I kind of went completely the opposite direction. I quit that business and then I started writing books, uh, but then I didn't know how to make much money with those books. So I went from chasing the money to chasing the purpose. And then now I want to kind of find a healthy mix between the two. Hmm. I like that. Is the eventual aim to buy an island or do you, is that one of your longer term goals? The ultimate goal is to just have this life of freedom, you know, doing all this stuff. Um, you know, like I had this, this conversation with a prospect last week and I was telling him about my service and he's like, why are you? just charging, you know, this rate, why don't you charge based on performance or, you know, how many leads you're sending the business. And I said, you know, I just want to keep my life simple. I'm, I'm after, you know, I'm not after trying to create a seven figure or multiple seven figure business or, you know, being the best social marketing consultant out there. I just want to have the income so that I can live the life that I want to, to be truly wealthy. You know, that's what really motivates me. Mm, I love that. So let me ask you a question that I ask a lot of my Freedom Plan members. What is your perfect day? So sounds like you're doing quite a lot of it right now, but if you were to wake up tomorrow morning with no monetary constraints at all, and I'm putting this on you a little bit, but even if you just described the morning, um, how would you wake up? Where would you wake up? Who would you be with? And how would you spend at least the first couple of hours of your day? Because I imagine you've done quite a lot of this with your dreamlining and, and obviously writing your book and everything you do. So I'd love for you to share it if you're open to yeah, so I have a lot of cool dream goals. I don't have the actual uh, document pulled up here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I really like, I guess, waking up, uh, talking to someone like yourself, Natalie, someone whom I respect and admire, um, you know, being surrounded by people who are supportive, people I love, and just being able to work on meaningful projects. Sorry, that's such a really generic answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then being able to, you know, do that for a few hours, take a break, maybe do some surfing or drive a motorbike up into a mountain like I was, you know, doing last week. Like last week I was in I was in this place in Thailand and uh, it was a Thursday, I think, and everyone else is at work and I could just, you know, sign off at 11 a.m. And, and get on this motorbike, drive up to the mountains and I had this whole giant lake all to myself. You know, I was just up in the countryside. <laughs> literally had this giant lake that goes as far as the eye can see and just, you know, jumping off, doing backflips in the, in the water and uh, sun is shining and everything's perfect. And, um, 
you know, you can't, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you, you can't substitute, you can't buy that kind of freedom. Um, I, I mean, it's just, you, you can you know, create the lifestyle uh, through intention and, and visualizing the lifestyle and just getting out there, doing what you have to to make it happen. And so for me, like, I, I really try to challenge myself to set these different dream goals that really excite me. And if I find that I'm slipping and I'm, I'm not working on stuff that uh, gets me excited, you know, that I don't feel comfortable doing, that I know something has to change. Because I always feel that whenever you sit down to do work, it should, whenever you feel like it's really effortless, whenever you feel like there's no struggle, when there's no resistance, um, then you, you're probably doing what you should be doing. And occasionally, you know, we're going to feel that little bit of resistance, but I think it should be a small resistance. It shouldn't be like, you know, outright, outright frustration where you sit down and everything inside of you is telling you that I don't want to do this today. Yeah, I totally agree. So I love that you're working towards that. What would you say, uh, we've talked briefly about some of the mindset hacks that I think you've been pulling together, but for those people who are listening to this and going, yeah, I feel like I may be at the stage where you were or where you're at right now, who are struggling, like who are thinking, you know, I'm not bringing in enough revenue. I'm not really sure I'm expert enough. I, I feel like sometimes I'm on the right path and then sometimes I'm not and I doubt everything. What are some of your key mindset um, tools and tactics that you use when you're feeling like that, that you move to get past that? When I'm feeling that kind of resistance or the thing that I'm yeah, unworthy. Yeah, when you're doubting yourself or you think, oh my God, who am I to do this? Because we all feel that and we were just talking about that ourselves offline. So yeah, I just think it's really good. I always love hearing what other people do to to work through that. Like how do you snap yourself out of that and really... Yeah, just get back into focusing on the, the, the next thing. Well, uh, sleep helps a lot with that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because I, I find that lately, um, you know, Freud used to say that when we sleep, we purge harmful psychic tendencies. So I find that sometimes I get locked into this, like something bad will happen and then I'll start going into this, in this spiral where, you know, these negative thoughts pile upon one another. And then a 30-minute nap can, you know, help me forget about whatever it was that made me upset. Yeah. Uh, so I actually wrote a book about sleep hacking and uh, polyphasic sleep, this kind of stuff. But back in the day, you know, I was, when I was kind of doing this scarcity mindset, what I would do is uh, I would burn the ships, you know. So I would basically put myself on my death ground, you know, where I'd have to get myself done or, or I'd fail, you know, miserably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't recommend that anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Why is that? Well, well, there was this story, you know, so Fyodor Dostoevsky, uh, he wrote this book called The Gambler. And he actually wrote it in like four weeks, I think, to pay off a gambling debt. And interestingly enough, what he would do is uh, whenever he was comfortable off his, his earnings, off his royalties, he would deliberately gamble away all of his money <laughs> so that he would have to produce great literature or starve. And so that's kind of what I forced myself into quite a few times in my mid-20s. Uh, <laughs> where I was, you know, eating frozen food and ramen noodles or couch surfing or there was one point where I was in, I was in Malaysia and just kind of living off like $5 a day, you know, trying to force myself to write 2,000, 3,000 words a day to get through finishing this book. Uh, I don't recommend that anymore. I think you can happily achieve, you can, you know, be wealthy and still be very productive. So focusing more on the light aspects rather than avoiding the dark, avoiding the pain, uh, one rec- one exercise I recommend is called mindstorming, and I learned this from Brian Tracy. And uh, rather than focusing on you know these negative thoughts like why you can't do something, why you're not inadequate, 
take out a piece of paper and write down all the reasons why you can do something. So for example, I did a crowdfunding campaign last year and I didn't know much about crowdfunding. There were so many resources out there about how to do a crowdfunding campaign. I felt really overwhelmed. And I just wrote down all these, you know, different reasons why I could succeed at it. And then I said, you know, these are my strengths here. I'm really good at, you know, writing these emails, you know, connecting with people online. Um, that's where I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to focus on, you know, doing like paid ads, all this other stuff. Just focusing on the, all the things, the reasons why I could do it, what my strengths were, and then just really honing on that, I think was really helpful. Mm, love that. Excellent. Really good for you to do. And so just talk me through a little bit about the next six to 12 months. So obviously you've got plans, you're working towards them. Um, you've got the magazine, the podcast, like what would be the perfect outcome for the next six to 12 months that would come off? And how is that part of your, you know, like I'm basically getting you to talk through your freedom plan for the next six to 12 months, just so people can sort of see how you go through and map that out and work on what's next rather than, you know, try to jump through to the big hairy audacious goal. That's maybe two years down the track. Yeah, sure. So I read this book um, several years ago that's kind of stuck with me and it's kind of, it's set a standard for how I approach my life and it's, it's called the way of the superior man. Hmm. I think the lessons in the book can apply to women and men, both entrepreneurs, especially, but he, he says in that book, you should lean just beyond your comfort zone or just beyond your edge basically is what he says. And um, it's kind of a good metaphor for how to live your life. Like don't, go so outside of your comfort zone that you're like, what am I doing here? You know, I'm homeless on the street. Uh, you know, my support network is a thousand miles away. Um, and it's not about just, you know, getting comfortable where you're just kind of falling into a routine. It's kind of just about, you know, setting small challenges for yourself, like 10% um, out of your comfort zone, for example. So I find that's a really good way to approach my life and how I do things. And before this call, we were talking about our our weekly schedules. And I told you that every Friday I would just kind of devote most of that time to learning and seeing how I can do things better. Uh, if there's a business process that I want to improve upon, you know, like maybe it's how I market my Instagram, for example, maybe I'll add a new software to do things better. So just always focusing on learning. I, I devote time every Friday to doing that. As far as my, my goals are, um, I always just feel like I want to try something new. I want to have goals that you know excite me things that i would just dream about doing um you know like flying a hot air balloon around the world or uh being a street performer you know dancing break dancing in public stuff like this you know like things i feel like well i probably couldn't do that but maybe it's possible you know there might be a way if i research it and you know take the next steps for example yeah very <laughs> i've actually heard really good things about that book so I really like, yeah, that you've talked that through or we'll link to that in the show notes as well. And I, what's that? Way of the Superior Man. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, yeah really good things about this. I was just looking at my Kindle as you were saying that, and I have so many great books on there that I will be reading. And it's once again, one of those matter of things of just, you know, reading a couple of pages every single night. Uh, before you go to sleep or first thing in the morning just to kick off your day it, it, it seems less overwhelming than, than trying to tackle 20 amazing books <laughs> um, yeah that book is really um, it's kind of like the four-hour work week in that it kind of provides a new way of looking at things that most people don't think about so if you're a woman listening to this maybe you'd want to get it for your husband or something like that uh, or a significant other in your life but it, it's it's kind of a spiritual guide for men you know where we kind of um, feel these conflicts impulses you know where we see like 
I don't know. Can I can I use can I swear on this podcast now? Totally. Uh, well, so we see like assholes finishing first, for example, and you know nice guys finishing last, and but we don't want to be an asshole ourselves, perhaps. So it kind of shows like another way that you know men can have a spine, um, but also uh, you know succeed and 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 to get the things they want in their life. So it's definitely um, helpful for for men and uh, for women who want their men to uh, I guess evolve spiritually. Mm. You know, I've met a few people recently who have very much shown me that you can take the ego out of, you know, not just the man, but let's say you can take the ego out and just focusing on serving others and still being incredibly successful. Um, and I, I love that way of thinking and, and coming from a place of service first. It doesn't make you any less successful if you're not all about yourself and what are your goals and which way are you going. So I'll definitely get people to read that book. And obviously your book as well, which I'll link to in the show notes. Now, I just want to come back to that briefly because a big part of creating your own freedom plan and setting up your lifestyle is to focus on the lifestyle. And what I found is that when people get to a certain point where they, they're making money and things are going well and they have more free time, they actually don't know kind of what to do with their free time. I'm starting to see this as a bit more of a, I would actually call it a problem because the whole point of setting up a lifestyle business is to enjoy your lifestyle. Uh, and whether that's that you want to go kite surfing or you simply want to spend an hour in a hammock or you want to spend three or four hours with your kids in the afternoon, unadulterated playtime, just have a ton of fun and not have to worry about anything. And there's more people out there who I think if they were given all the free time and money in the world, wouldn't actually know how to spend it. And I note that in your book you were talking about there's been periods where you've been traveling on $5 a day and, and trying to make that happen. And so I just love some of your lifestyle traveler tips at this point so for people who are in that maybe the digital nomad stage or planning on doing more traveling what are some of your fun travel tips some of your hacking tips that you think you've learned the most lessons from along the years as well yeah sure so i'd like to to start to the first part of that question was uh i think the problem is not that we don't have too much time i think the problem is that we have too much time and i was actually thinking about this today you know, as I was thinking about this free time that I had, um, I think the problem is that we fill in our time with stuff that we don't really like doing or stuff that doesn't really serve us all that much. And so I think there's definitely a way, another way where we can uh, create this kind of time abundance and we can fill that time with things that we really love to do. And you asked about travel, going back to travel, like where I was last week, for example, like I would just work for uh, I'd wake up at six or seven and I'd work until maybe about 10 a.m., have a late breakfast. And then I'd go to the beach for like four or five hours or go up to a mountain and be able to skinny dip under a waterfall and have this whole, you know, beautiful countryside all to myself. Um, and so I think that traveling has really helped me a lot with that as far as, you know, kind of creating a 10 hour work week is that I just focus on what is the one priority that I really need to get done and not filling my schedule with all this minutia just to feel busy uh, just to feel like I'm just to fill that time with, you know? And so, so traveling is really helpful because when you travel, you're in your place, you want to go out and explore. You don't want to be inside in front of a computer. I never go in co-working spaces. You know, I, I want to, if I'm in some place like Kosamui or something, I don't want to be in a co-working space. I want to be, you know, driving around the Island, you know, playing on the beach. Um, so traveling has really helped me with that, you know, being able to fill all that time that I have, with stuff that really makes me come alive. And, and then I guess the other part is really just defining, you know, defining what are the things that you love the most, what really makes you come alive. And um, if you have an emotional response and you feel really excited about it, you're probably on the right path. Absolutely. 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be lit up by it. It's got to make you feel juiced and you've got to be excited by it. And obviously there's always going to be things that aren't as exciting for us to do or feel a little bit more hum-ho, but the point is to get to more of the this lights me up so that you're doing those more of the time and just feeling like you're living 100%. So on to travel hacking. Since you've traveled to around 30 countries, I believe it is, what are your top three tips that have really taught you a lot on the road that have either made your life easier or have made your travels more fun or have just you know helped you either with actually booking travels? Which any of those that you want to go with, what are your three sort of favorite tips that you love to give people? Yeah, sure. So... I really love travel because I think it's the best education. Um, and for me, like when I started, it was, I was really after lifestyle design, but then it kind of became this new term of lifestyle discovery. And um, it just really, travel's really been a process of trying new things, um, opening myself up to new experiences. I was in India uh, a couple months ago. I spent a month there learning everything I could about, you know, Hinduism, yoga, spirituality. Uh, that's, that's kind of the first thing is just really open your mind up, you know, and the next thing that kind of leads me into my next tip is you should really network as much as possible, you know, meet as many people as you can when you travel and, um, do what I call like pre-networking where, uh, you can just go in like Facebook groups. Um, you can search like a destination, um, you know, say you're going to Hong Kong or something and you can look up like Hong Kong digital nomads or Hong Kong entrepreneurs or, any kind of local group and just kind of post in there that you're coming. Tell a little bit about yourself. Hey, I'm Natalie Sisson. You know, I'm the, I wrote a book called The Suitcase Entrepreneur. I'd love to meet up with people, meet up with locals when I'm there. That can really enrich your, your travels so much because you meet up with these people. Uh, you know, they might pick you up at the airport or something, and then suddenly they're taking you around all these cool local spots and, and doing it all for free. You know, you don't have to book any tours or anything like that. That has enriched my life so much. Uh, couch surfing is another great one. You don't have to actually couch surf. You know, it's not for everyone, but they have like these forums in every city where you can just kind of go and meet up with people. Um, meet up, Eventbrite are another great one, uh, great places to to go and network. Um, I find that's that's really important. Absolutely. And, and should I, I? You asked for a third one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what's my third? They were great, by the way. Yeah, I really, I hadn't, I've definitely thought about using couch surfing for that, like back in the day when I was starting out, not to actually couch surf, that's not my thing, but it has become almost like a networking community of awesome travelers. So just great for meeting people and practicing a language and doing all those sorts of things. So great tip. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the third tip is kind of, it's not really a hack, but I would say don't plan too much. This is kind of, it might sound a little strange, but I've, I've been traveling since 2009 and I've never actually booked accommodation online or through any hotel booking site, anything like that. I think, I don't know, like, I just don't like planning, for example. I just find that, like, I just like to go and, and open myself up to whatever great things might come when I go to a destination. Um, I don't like to plan, like, so that I have this day booked for something else, this, this book for something else. You really have no free time to explore or find out what you like, um, and in the other vein, opposite vein, I really recommend that, you know, as soon as you arrive off the plane, go explore as much as you can, you know, rent a bicycle, go cycling around the city, uh, get a motorbike, you know, go out into the suburbs, you know, just kind of get lost on purpose because the worst thing you can do is spend like a week in one place and then you find something that's really amazing the last day that you were there, but you, you, you don't have time to go there again because you're, you have a flight booked out the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I love that. 
That's very cool. I love those tips, actually. It's great. It's fun hearing them from somebody else who's well-traveled and just, you always see, you can always learn things. So I just learned something from you then. And I think that's the point is just keep asking people how they're doing things and what's working for them. And it's great what you can pick up along the way and then apply to your own. Yeah. And I think that everyone has something they can teach you. It doesn't matter how young or how old or what walk of life they're in. Yeah. Everybody, like you can go to India and you can see things that you've never seen before, but um, there's, there's so much you can learn about human human spirit and human perseverance and resolve and character. I find that you know when I go to areas where the poverty is greatest, I, I experience the most generosity, and it's overwhelming. Absolutely. That's a beautiful point to end on. So this has been so much fun. I really loved delving into the lifestyle mindset and business aspects. So thank you for sharing your story. And where can people find you? Where's the best place to say hi to Danny and thank you for your time? Yeah, sure. So I publish a magazine called Open World Magazine, and it's available on uh, the App Store. I also have a blog and a podcast with a lot of great free content. You can go to openworldmag.com. You can also get a copy of my audiobook for free if you go to buyyourownisland.com forward slash audio dash book. And uh, yeah, and you can contact me through the blog. I'm pretty, uh, pretty accessible. I return all emails. I love that uh, you actually got that domain name. That's awesome. Buyyourownisland.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's been good. And I guess... I find that, uh, so that, that, that book, uh, that website is basically just for the book. And, um, it's just a simple site that I set up through lead pages. And, um, in case you're curious, you know, if, I find it's a great way to build your mailing list just by giving away a free book or free audio book. And, um, I, I found that with, with the homepage, my conversion rate is like 10%, but on that audio book page, it's closer to like 40 or 50%. And so um, I really recommend to a lot of aspiring authors, you know, it's a great way to build your mailing list. And if you're going to do like a landing page, keep it as simple as possible. You know, the more you put on there, the, the more your conversion rates go down. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's kind of like a little random tip there, but <laughs> no, I, love I, it. I talk with a lot of self-published authors and, um, you know, it's a great way to build your, your business online. It is. It really is. And to give away some of your best free content so that people really value you and come across and learn more about you and hopefully buy from you in the future and love what you do. Yeah, that's really what it's all about. And I hope that, you know, I always hope people get a lot of value from what I give away for free. And I try to tell people that, you know, you, you know, you're onto something. If, if someone pays you, let's say $200, for example, but they feel like what you're giving them is worth a thousand dollars. If you, if, give, if you're giving them five times the value that they're paying for then chances are you're on the right path because you're becoming indispensable and suddenly they're at a point where they can't imagine their life without you. So <laughs> <laughs> That's where we want to be. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much, Danny. This has been a blast. Thank you, Natalie. So I would love for you to obviously go across and check out Danny's work at Open World Magazine and perhaps get his free audio book. And if you're thinking or if this episode has made you think about your goals and the purpose and the mindset you want to adopt in 2017, and maybe it's got you thinking about your 2017, then I would absolutely love for you to join my Ideal Year Workshop to get your hands on this awesome workshop that is happening. In fact, if you're listening right now, 
this week. So go to suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash workshop and let's make your ideal 2017 a reality and let's do it together live in 90 minutes. Thanks for listening in every single week. Thanks for your awesome reviews, your feedback. In particular, thank you to those of you who have come across to episode 292 and left the three things that you were grateful for. If you haven't already, go to suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 292 to do that. And of course, you can read the show notes and get any of the links that we've mentioned in this podcast at suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 293. Right. Here is to a spectacular week ahead for you, my fellow freedomists.